Appreciate you, fella. Appreciate you guys. There they go, chaos theory. My man Double R and my man Wags, you know, because he gets serious about it when he brings it like that. It's your boy Harbaugh Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Hard. You can follow this network at TS Unfiltered on Twitter and at Texas Sports Unfiltered on Instagram. We love it when you're a part of the show. So hit us up on the Coda text line 512-222-9328. And you heard it. It's amazing. We got a lot to get into with this new edition of Hanging with Harge. I got my guy, Gary Bennett, former Major League Catcher, World Series uh, ring wearer with the St. Louis Cardinals. He will be joining to talk about Game 7 and, and how he sees these two teams as they head into a Game 7. That's Philadelphia team that he used to play for and uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. But the story of the day is the Texas Rangers getting an opportunity to go to their third World Series and their first World Series since 2011. There's a lot of people that are, are excited. There's a lot of people that are hating. Shout out to my man CB, as always, getting on, on the show right away. Um, but Rangers fans rejoice. Ranger fans rejoice. It was an epic uh, game last night for the Texas Rangers as they came out and started banging the baseball right away. Uh, game seven, the biggest things, <laughs> my man, Ike, I'm glad you're here. Ike, I'll take your medicine, bro. You, you understand it. And you and I had a conversation. I believe you even said it yesterday that you had the Rangers going, even though you're a die hard, die hard, um, Houston Astro fan, got your kid out of school to go out there and you knew what was to expect. Uh, what up K town? I appreciate you, J JT, your Texas Rangers. You've been quiet sitting in the weeds ready for them, but you've been very supportive from the very beginning about your Texas Rangers. And I want to get into this a little bit because the Rangers went into Houston. Uh, this is another series where every home team took an L and every road team got the dub. And it was a huge, huge uh, victory for the Texas Rangers as they win the series and advance to the World Series uh, with an 11-4 win. The party got started early. The party got started early in uh, the first inning as Corey Seager hit a ball about 440, but they didn't stop there. They drove in a bunch of runs in that first inning. And when you look at this team, and the one thing that I continue to look at uh, is the managerial part of it. We talked about this yesterday, heading into this game. Bruce Bochy had never lost a game seven, pivotal game seven, never lost one. And then you get in another situation where Dusty Baker had never won one of those games. And something you always think has got to give. You know, the laws of prob probability put you in a different light. But something about that, that Ranger offense, and I'm here to tell you right now, I don't know what's going on with Marcus Simeon, but dude needs to take some pitches. He just giving away at-bats in some of these situations. Now, if you go up there and you're like Corey Seager and you hunt fastball and you get a pitch that you can hit and you make sure that that top hand gets through and you can drive some things, that is something totally different. But when you start looking at this team and how it's constructed, and I'll get into it in just a second, but I got a chance to go to spring training. I got a chance to go to spring training this year, and you've heard me talk about this. So when I walked into spring training with the Texas Rangers, and thank you to the Round Rock Express, 
I appreciate you guys for taking us down there. When I got the chance to watch those guys go to work, the one thing that I always look at is how they go to work. You don't see a bunch of guys running around acting crazy. You see them going over there, getting their work, their ground balls. You saw the bullpens. I saw Nathan Ubaldi and Jake DeGrom pitch in simulated games. No, actual games, but on the backfields. Then I went on to the main field, and I got a chance to watch Josh Young and Adolis Garcia and Marcus Simeon go to work. And then you go on to some of the backfields, and you get the chance to see some of these young players in the organization. I was fortunate enough to spend some time in big league camps and watch guys go through the work, right? So that's right, T. I appreciate you remembering that. I went to spring training this year, and she said it perfectly. I call, I've been calling this that they would be in the World Series because I went to spring training, lost my wallet and everything that was in it, but I ended up getting it back. They, they mailed it back to me. But I've been talking about the Rangers and what I got a chance to see, the professionalism and what they had. And I was at spring training before when they had a different manager and things weren't run the way that they were run just recently. I got a chance to talk to Chris Young during that time because he was watching both of his acquisitions that he made during the offseason. And it started the year before when they lost 100. I believe they lost 102 games the year before, and now they're in a position of uh, power, so to speak, and they're in a good position to now represent the American League and the state of Texas. It was real interesting during that time because when I got back, I was like, this team is different. It's a different energy. It's a different way that they approach the game. So I was quite impressed with that and asked T – Doc told me, told you guys, I was impressed with them. I thought Corey Seager was one of the best players that no one really talked about because they didn't understand who he was. He was been playing in in, uh, in Los Angeles. And if you pay attention to baseball, you knew who he was. But if you're not truly bought into the game, you get to see some things in a different light. And I bought into the game. And I was like, this dude is massive. He's a six, four and a half looking shortstop that is smooth as silk. And he doesn't look like he gets rattled. Even when he was making great plays, you never saw him like over exude himself or be too much. So yeah, Cooter, I did, man. I lost my whole wallet, but they sent it back to me. I was, I was fortunate. They didn't give me my money back, but I got everything else back. So it was impressive. I'll, I'll, I'll divulge that a little bit later. But when you think about this Texas Ranger baseball team, and I'll get into Adolis Garcia and how he performed and the fact that they woke him up and everything that goes into that. But I want you all to think about this. Jacob DeGrom, who was a big acquisition, goes down. He's out for the year. Corey Seager, who I still believe has done enough to be the MVP of the regular season can uh, because of some of the things that other people have gone through and I think Corey Seager has been more important to his team than others. I know everybody thinks uh, Shohei is going to win that MVP, but my vote, if I had a vote, will go to Corey Seager. Uh, he was out for a month. Mitch Garver, who, by the way, he may be out too. He took a 98-mile-an-hour fastball to the ribs yesterday, and that's why Chaz McCormick had to wear that one on his leg. I can't wait to see the pictures of the bruises on that one. 
that was 104 miles an hour to the back of the leg. But you would be able to walk that off or limp that off as opposed to having an x-ray, which Garber had to go do when he took a 98-mile-an-hour fastball to the ribs. But he was out for two months. And we talked about the fact that the Rangers were very, very streaky throughout the season. They would win 11 games, lose eight. They would win 10 of 12, lose 14 of 16. I mean, just crazy stats. But they lost 11 of 16 games going into the break. Josh Young was out for a month and a half, who's uh, I thought would have been rookie of the year if he didn't miss time. Uvalde missed some time too. He came back, rehabbed in the game. Like they brought him back because they were struggling so bad. Dude rehabbed in a game. Jared Sadler talked about that. Jared Sandler talked about that with us uh, a couple of weeks ago, heading into this series, talking about how rare that was. Then they lose 16 of 20. They were swept at home by Houston. They lose the division in the 162nd game. They lose three straight games at home to Houston again. So basically Houston went 10 and one at Globe Life Field. But yet they go out and win this game handily. From, as my man Ike says, ass spanking. Ass spanking. And the energy around that team was solely focused around El Bombe. Or El Bombi, excuse me. Uh, my man, Adolis Garcia. After he had that four strikeout game, and I talked a little bit about this. After he had those four strikeouts and he had gotten hit by the fastball by Abreu, he kind of lost his cool and he looked as if um, he looked as if he was distraught. Like his at bats was trying to hit the ball to four miles instead of just making solid contact. Because as you can see, he's one of the strongest people out there. He continues to put his head down when he walks off. Still playing good defense, but which is rare because most of the time, if a guy like that isn't hitting, things kind of change. Oh, yeah, by the way, let me interject this part. The Rangers was one of the best teams in the major leagues headed into the break before they lost all those games. They ended up having six all-stars, five starters, and then they had all six players on the field when Nathan Uvalde came in the game which is very rare. And if you've ever been around baseball and watched all-star games, it's very rare that you have that many people on the field. There's only nine. And you had six of them on the field at one time. So that's really, really cool as well. But when you start thinking about what he's been able to do, and I'm talking about uh, Adolis Garcia after the five home runs, but leading in, I mean, the five strikeouts, four strikeouts, but leading into that, he had a stat line that was unbelievable. He ended up having five home runs total, all in four in the last four games. He had 15 RBIs, which was the most in a series. He has 20 postseason RBIs, which puts him, I believe, third. Uh, David Freeze, who my boy Gary Bennett will talk about here in just a minute, he had crazy numbers during that time. And then you continue to look at what's going on with him. This is the kind of stuff that people are going to be talking about for quite some time because of the fact that he's been able to do that. And in a seven um, game series is pretty 
pretty damn cool. I also want to talk about this. There was a uh, the the bench coach for the Texas Rangers. His name was Donnie Eckert. He said he went and talked to him before the first game, and it was the first game after his second at bat. He said, I walked up to him and I said, the only player I've ever seen get booed like this on the road is Michael Jordan. He said, he told him like, dude, how lucky are you? And he said, he thought that brought out the best of him and people just love him. Corey Seager couldn't speak enough about him. And if you saw his his acceptance speech, he said, my teammates fuel me. My teammates pull for me. And they bring the best out of me every opportunity that they can. And I was like, wow. And again, I saw this. I saw the work that these guys were putting in to it at the very beginning of the season. Now, again, this team lost over 100 games last year. But I also said that the moves that Chris Young made, Throughout the offseason, the very first signing that they had, they went and got Marcus Simeon, and then they got Corey Seager, or it was vice versa. But those guys up the middle were key to what's going on. And then you talk about some of these guys, those young players that they've had that have come up and done some great, great work, like Evan Carter. Evan Carter is the youngest player to steal a base in the winner-take-all game. He was one for four with two RBIs, two runs scored, a stolen base, and a walk. He's continued to do great things. Corey Seager went three for five with a home run and an RBI, two runs scored, and a walk. His 16 playoff homers are the third most by a shortstop, and he's not done because they get a chance to play in the World Series. As I told you, Adolis Garcia's 15 RBIs. He had five yesterday three runs, two home runs, and almost had three. Still need to run out of the box, bro. I understand you was pissed off and you wanted to show people, hey, man, I got this. Well, you out of there. Keep it moving. But it's been impressive to watch this Texas Ranger baseball team. And I'm going to continue to give them love, but I need to give some respect to the um, Houston Astros. Class act, class organization. I know a lot of people hate the Houston Astros. I'm sorry for you. Don't don't hate them. Don't hate them. They've done amazing things and they continue to put pressure. They've been, they've been representing the AL for quite some time. Seven straight, as a matter of fact, ALCS is, and went to the World Series uh, quite a few times as well. But before I talk about the Houston Astros, I want to tell you about my great friends over at Covert. That's right. Covert Bee Cave. It's nestled on 42 acres in the beautiful hill country. Covert Bee Cave has three new state-of-the-art dealership, auto dealerships carrying seven brands, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And in addition to those seven brands, Covert has a Ford in Hutto and a Ford Lincoln in Austin. No one beats a Covert deal, not now, not ever. That's what they say, and I got to believe them. Covert Bee Caves has something for everyone. Covert Bee Caves services all makes and models, and with their 86 service bays throughout, your wait time will be close to nothing. Please visit CobraBeeCave.com for the latest sales, specials, and inventory. And, of course, go out there and see them 
and maybe you could take a walk around because they will definitely find the deal, especially if you hang out with Marcus Washington Sr. and Jr. And of course, Ira Clark. As they say, no one beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. And why would they? Uh, I also want to tell you, as you get ready to watch NBA bas basketball, we got another game seven. NBA starts tonight. Hockey is on, on tap. NFL football. There is so much that is going on. It, it, in uh, college basketball, men and women are about to jump off as well. What better way to have your home entertainment center set up than calling the folks at Audio Visual Consultations? That's right. Since 1988, they've been setting up bars, restaurants, and of course, homes throughout the Central Texas area and beyond. If you want a, a man cave or she cave set up, she shed, excuse me, you can get that set up with the outdoor hookup and any kind of surveillance, lighting, anything that you might need. I might need some lighting because it looked like mine went out. That's why your boy looking over here like he a little dark. Uh, my lighting went out. But make sure that you give the folks like, like Tom McKay at 512-255-8678 a call or go online to abconsultations.com. You hear the commercials. They do great work. And if you're going to be watching the games, whether it's at Jack Allen's or at Cover 3, I want to make sure that you get over there and get the folks at avconsultations.com. 512-255-8678 or avconsultations.com. And you're right, no repeat champion in the major league since the Yankees in 1998, 99, and 2000. That's a beautiful thing. I like parity in this game, and that's what free agency and those signings are able to do. But I want to talk a little bit about the Houston Astros and who they are and what they have been able to accomplish. As you sit here and you look at the, the long run that they've been on for quite some time, there's been some ups, there's been some downs. Don't forget, they were another team that had to rebuild and they got destroyed and they gutted their minor league system. Then the Ryans came in, Nolan and Reed, and of course, some other guys uh, that came in and led that, that organization. Jim Crane has done a good job. But the person that has kind of led this entire movement has been Jose Altuve. He's the only one that's been there the longest. He's been there the longest. Him and Lance McCullers, but Lance McCullers has been banged up. But you sit and you look at what Jose has done for this organization. Jose Altuve is someone who is truly special from where he came from to where he is now. This guy got told he couldn't try out multiple times, finally got signed, and then now look at him. Made his way through the minor leagues and been a big league Hall of uh, He's Hall of Fame caliber for sure. Dusty Baker calls him one of the baddest dudes he's ever been around. And Dusty Baker has played with some outstanding players in his career and also coached some bad dudes in the game. He hit his 27th postseason home run in his last at-bat of the season last night. And, you know, not to be lost on it, he just ran the bases, went to the dugout. They knew that things were kind of out of the way. But they went out there and did that. And that's how they banged the baseball around. Uh, he plays for the most hated team by uh, most across baseball, but the folks in Houston love their baseball team and they continue to make things happen. Jordan Alvarez hit 465 in the postseason and slugged 1487. He is becoming Mr. Uh, postseason for the Astros. And you put those two together, you got something that you're going to be working on for a while. The problem with the Houston Astros and what happened during the playoffs was the fact that they didn't get production from the people that they normally would get production for. They didn't get production from Kyle Tucker. They didn't get production from Jeremy Pena, who was the postseason MVP last year. 
Michael Brantley didn't come through with the crucial hits. And I love me some Michael Brantley. He's a professional hitter and he goes out there and bang it. And Maldonado didn't do anything behind the, I mean, at the plate. And we knew that, but it made it hard for Dusty to make changes on people because of the pitching staff and how they needed to work with Maldonado. The Astros yesterday left 11 men on base and they were two of 14 in scoring position. You can't win ball games like that. And sometimes the egos and the attitudes need to be checked at the door and you got to make some adjustments along the way. And that is why I believe that the Houston Astros and there are speculation that Dusty Baker said that this was going to be his last year. I don't blame him. Dusty got his money. I mean, got his uh, uh, championship, which I'm glad for him. It was important for him to have that. But I also wanted to make sure, too, that this organization is still going to be in a good place because the farm system is definitely good. The, the players that are going to be coming back, they may get Lance McCullers back. Uh, hopefully he can be healthy. Pitching staff's going to be good. I don't know how much longer Verlander's going to be out there, but they made the right decisions. They got to the spot, and I've been saying it, and I've been saying it the entire time. In order to become the king, you have to defeat the king to take that spot. And I wanted to make sure that I got you. Let me find my clip real quick. Because I wanted to play this for you because I've been waiting on this clip for a minute. And I've been saying it. Is this your, Is this your king? Huh? Is this your king? That's how I went down. I said it. King Tajala and uh, Killmonger. Killmonger came back. It was the battle to become the new king. And the new king of Texas right now is the Texas Rangers. I know Astro fans are finding it hard to believe. I know it's tough, but I'm just here to tell you that there's a new sheriff in town, and that is why this is the way that things go down. It's been fun. It's been really fun watching this series, and as I said before, this is what it's been all about. You want game seven, and now we have another game seven that is the first time ever that the ALCS and the NLCS has come down to a game seven at the same time in the same series. That to me is crazy. And you know what else is crazy? The game seven tonight, and we'll get into this conversation because I got my boy Gary Bennett about to jump on with us in just a second. Tonight's game seven in Philadelphia, Philly versus Arizona. The game will be the first game seven in the 140 year history the 140-year history of the Philadelphia Phillies, this will be the first time that they have ever played in a game seven. Are you freaking kidding me? So there's a lot to desire. If you're a baseball fan, which a lot of you are, and I really do appreciate y'all joining and hanging with me because there's a lot of baseball to get into. And joining me today on Hanging with Harge uh, and on Texas Sports Unfiltered, He's a former major league catcher. He played 13 major league seasons with the Phillies, the Rockies, the Mets, the Cardinals, where he won a ring, uh, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Nationals, and the Brewers. Uh, he's done some analyst work with the Cardinals Network. Yeah, he has two boys that play college baseball, one at Missouri and one that is at Illinois right now. He's going to talk about the Rangers. He's going to talk about Bruce Bochy, and he's going to definitely talk about Game 7. And, of course, you know, 
I got to bring him on because we were drafted in the same year, and he is one of my partners. It is the one and only Gary Bennett. Gary, what up, dog? You got to unmute yourself. Unmute yourself. How about that? We good? That's perfect, bro. That's Sorry, perfect. man. Uh, me and technology don't go too well together, so stay on top of me, all right? I got you. I got you, brother. Welcome. Welcome to Texas Sports Unfiltered. It's always good to chop it up with you. I saw you about a month ago in town, so it's always good to kick it with you. But let's talk about this Major League Baseball season, man. There's been so many uh, key moments that have gone in. You got a chance to play in the World Series. You got a chance to win a ring with the St. Louis Cardinals in 2006. There's nothing else like these types of times, right? Man, it's uh, it's it's hard to put into words, you know. And, and certainly, if you're there in the stadium, you can feel the energy is different, and and sometimes it even comes through uh, for those of us sitting at home watching in our living room. But uh, yeah, the attention to detail, the emphasis on every single pitch. Uh, you know, everyone's at the top step in the dugout. Uh, most fans are on the edge of their seat while the game's close. So yeah, the energy is is there's no comparison. Playoff baseball to regular season, I think. You can speak to that in any sport, whether it's hockey, football, it doesn't matter. It's just the stakes are obviously that much higher and, and you're you're closer to achieving that goal. You said they want to spring training and and everyone's hyped. Yeah. Yeah. I got a chance to go to spring training. And I've been talking about this team since the very beginning. I got a chance to go with the Texas Rangers. I saw the effort that they were putting in. And, you know, you, you spent 13 years in the big league, so you know what it's about and you can tell the way that the preparation to detail, as you were talking about. And then you go and look at this team and they bring in a guy like Bruce Bochy, uh, the grandpa, the guy that comes in and just kind of keeps the, the the people under control because you look at those attitudes in there and there's a lot of people making a lot of money and you got to be able to manage that and having them focus on the same goal. And I thought bringing in Bruce Bochy was the best thing that they could possibly do. When I saw that sign and I saw CY, Chris Young, go get him, I said, he's got a master plan and this thing may work. Man, and, and, and you hit the nail on the head with, uh, you know, whether it's a manager, a head coach, you name the sport. Uh, the great ones are very, very good at managing egos. Uh, they also do a great job of communicating in baseball player one through player 25 on the roster on that depth chart. And, and they get everyone to buy in and, and make everyone feel special. Uh, and then Boach is, I was fortunate enough to play for Boach with the Padres, man. And, and I had some across the board, amazing managers with those, uh, those teams you mentioned. Unfortunately, I wore my welcome up in a lot of places, <laughs> but I got to play for some great managers. So that's, that's the silver lining. Uh, but yeah, Boach is as good as they come and, and a calming influence um, he, he didn't forget how hard the game is, you know, and, and he's going to, uh, you know, walk you off the ledge, so to speak, when things aren't going well and, and put you in a position mentally uh, uh, to get back out there and give yourself uh, the best chance of success. And you and I know the mental side of this game, man, it, it's, it's what separates. And, and that's what the good managers do is, is, is they manage those egos and they keep everyone in check and, and, and they check in on everyone mentally, make sure everyone's where they need to be. Yeah, and, and you got to make sure you have some great leadership around there in that clubhouse as well. When they can see some things, you've been you've been in plenty of them, so you understand it. We're talking to former major league uh, catcher Gary Bennett, good friend of mine. We were drafted in 1990 together, played some seasons against each other, hung hang out a lot whenever he's in town. So Absolutely, he's my that's my bro. That's my bro for sure. But I wanted to talk about this too. So last night, or let's take it back a little bit. The series was already going to be what it was. It was a battle for Texas. 
Um, everybody was engaged. They both had 90 wins. They The title was decided in game 162. They both played well at each other's stadium. So it was already going to be intense. But then you bring into the factor of what Adolis Garcia and uh, Brian Abreu, the, 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 the energy that was around that from the pimp job. I've, been, I've hit a pimp job against you guys before, and y'all let me know about myself. So I, <laughs> so, so I already know where your thought is on that. Yeah. The game has kind of changed a little bit, right? Well, you know, and it's, it's uh, you know, I, I was keeping in touch with you and a lot of former players, and, and um, you know, it's not our game anymore. It's, it's, right. it's their game. It's this generation's game, and I'm, I'm sure – there were players in the 60s and 70s that would watch us play and, and pick apart some things they didn't care about the way what we went about it or carried ourselves. So um, I think first and foremost, that's that's what a lot of folks got to – a lot of the older players, quote, unquote, old school. Take a step back, man. This is their game. They could do what they want to do with it. Now, do I agree with it? Not <laughs> not, in, not entirely. You know, if, 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 if it's a big home run and you dress it up a little bit, okay. Uh, but, the, but don't be egregious about it, you know, right. and, 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 um, if it's spur of the moment emotion, I'm all for it. If it, if it seems pre-planned and, and over the top, well, you know, then, then we got to walk it back a little bit. And I, and, um, that being said, if, if that's what to do, if that's what Garcia has to do to yeah. play well, then you can't take that from him either. If he, if he needs to go about the game that way for him to play well, then so be it. You know, there's. There's all different guys got to play mad. Some guys got to play happy. Some guys got to play where they're not thinking everything. Everything's puppy dogs and ice cream. You know, everyone's a little different. If that's what he needs to get him going, he needs to to spur some, kick himself in the rear end and dress some things up. Well, then so be it. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering about that because, yeah, we're on a thread with a bunch of uh, former pitchers that are on that thread, <laughs> which is kind of funny to me because I always laugh when they when they make their comments about – what they would do in these situations now. Yeah, yeah. The game is a little bit different, and I'm glad that you touched on that. And, and we're, we're going to – we're real quick, back to them pitchers. We'll stir some things up a little bit with them. We all know how fragile they are too, so that's that's why they get – they get upset quickly. Those, those, <laughs> those little darlings get upset quickly. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. So, Gary, I want to I take it to another player. I want to take it to Corey Seager. Oh, man. Um, you got a chance to play with some great shortstops throughout the, your career. I played with a bunch of them myself. And you sit there and you watch the calm demeanor, which is the the, the total contrast of what we just talked about. Right. The total contrast of what everything we just talked about. Corey Seager, I saw him in spring training. I saw him doing his work at shortstop. I saw him getting a batter's box, and he could fill out the entire batter's box. And I don't think people really understand how big – Corey Seager is and how strong he is and this dude just seems to make play after play come up in clutch situation and always seems to find that barrel yeah he's uh I, I told this going a couple back a couple years once uh started noticing him and he's what five six years in the league now maybe a little more yeah. um as far as my favorite players in the league he is 1a without question I love the way he plays the game obviously he's ridiculously talented and uh to your point, he is a big fella, man. He's a big, <laughs> strong animal, and, and people don't realize that. Uh, but I absolutely love everything about his game, you know. And, and he showed a little emotion uh, a little bit yesterday uh, with the home run and, and, yeah. and the way that. But but to your point, he's just so even keel, and he makes everything look so easy, man. And that's I love that about him. But it's it's also frustrating when you see those guys and we played against them. Like 
Damn, they make it look easy. The game ain't that easy. It is how, not how could, that easy. Man, I'm over there battling my ass off, and he, this guy's skipping out there making plays, you know. And it's, but I, I can't. I, I can watch him all day, man. Love everything about him. And, and yeah, the guys he, he, I've I've known that have been around him speak very highly of him as a person, which is it's even yeah. better, man. Great player, great person. It's awesome. Yeah, and I, I love everything about his approach, the way he makes a play in the hole. It's an unbelievable play, and all he does is looking to see where he's supposed to line up on the yeah. next play, not rah-rah, not nope. screaming all the time, just just out there balling. And that's something that, I, you know, there's there's the good and the bad and the happy and the sad, right, like you talked about. Oh. You can take a little bit of both and look at these teams, and then you can do the same thing for Jose Altuve, hitting the home run, becoming, you know, hitting the 27th home run in the postseason. You look at Jordan, the way he goes Oof, about man. his business, the plate coverage, you know, so there was so much that you could desire from this. But again, it gets to the point, Bruce Bochy has never lost a game seven. Mm. Dusty has never won a game seven. And now the rumors are that Dusty may be walking away from the yeah. game. Touch on Dusty a little bit. Yeah, that'd be a shame. Um, although if he's ready, he's ready. You know, he's, he's certainly put in more than, more than enough of his time and, and, uh, Hats off to everything he's done. We all would like to have more success in the game, and that, that doesn't – that's no surprise if he wanted to, you know, stay on and, and make another run at it. But uh, playing against Dusty, uh, always appreciated and respected him. Um, obviously, as a player, what he did and, and what he did as a manager, the, the teammates I had that played for him absolutely rave about him. Yeah. I, I mean, he's just like Boach and, and, and there's so many other managers too. It's, it's those guys, they're, they're, they're there for you. They have the ability, unique ability that when you, when you don't play well, you have a bad game. Sure. You're, you're mad and you're pissed and you're, you're down on yourself, but, but you feel bad. Like you let them down. Yeah. And I think that's what the, the really good managers have the ability that they're there for you. They care about you as a person and, and, you know, you run through a brick wall. The old cliche, you run through a brick wall for him. And Dusty is one of those guys. I've not met one person that played for him. And I met a lot that had a, a bad word to say about him. Yeah, he's one of the best. And everybody that I've ever talked to says the exact same thing. So that's really, really cool. Well, let's talk about one of the teams that you played for, the Philadelphia Phillies. Mm -hmm. They are now in a game seven. And I don't know if you heard. This is the first game seven in the 141 years <laughs> of the Philadelphia Phillies organization that they are ever participating. They've won championships. They've lost championships. But now here we are, game seven. Uh, you got a chance to go to Philadelphia at the very beginning of this series. And uh, what? first off, them people are crazy as hell, bro. Them people yeah. are crazy as hell. Yeah, they get, uh, they get a little fired up. Uh, either way, whether they're winning or losing, they get a little fired up. <laughs> So no ironically, doubt. ironically, started my career with Philly and actually ended my career in Philly as a member of the 2008 Los Angeles Dodgers. And they knocked us out of the playoffs. And obviously they went in to win the, to win the World Series that year. But, uh, yeah, the energy there, man, uh, you know, packed house, everyone's standing, cheering, although that uh, that noise got taken out of the, the, the air, got taken out of the bubble quickly yesterday. Yes, um, it did. But, yeah, it, it's a it's a wild place to play. They're passionate. I'll put it that way. That's I guess that's as far as I'll go about Philly fans. <laughs> yeah, because you still got to make some trips over there. Yes, so you indeed. Make sure you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome there. We'll talk about the Arizona Diamondbacks. Obviously, you have played with the manager of the Diamondbacks, one of your good friends, and he seems to understand what the temperature is for 
the players. He said, we didn't come all this way to get our ass kicked. Yep. And that's exactly what they did. They went out there and kicked ass yesterday. Well, now they got to regenerate that energy. What what have you been impressed with uh, by the Arizona Diamondbacks? So s- similar to what I think Houston, or I'm sorry, uh, the Rangers do, Texas, um, they grind out at bats. I mean, the amount of foul ball, foul ball, foul ball, take a tight pitch and then just find a hole with two strikes. Um, and and you've seen tech, you saw Texas do that the whole series. And I didn't watch Texas all year. Maybe they did that all year. Yeah. Um, versus, uh, you know, contrast would be the Phillies. Uh, it's it's when they're hitting home runs, they're doing well. Um, but there's also a fair amount of punch outs in that lineup. And I think game one and two, um, Arizona pitching staff made a lot of mistakes out over the plate. Yep. And uh, the Philly hitters didn't miss. Uh, but then as I get, went back to and, – and those pitchers, uh, Nolan and Wheeler were just – one and two were filthy and didn't miss out over the plate and, and, and really made it tough on the, the hitters for the Diamondbacks. But I think the switch has been uh, knowing they're going to battle these pitchers. And, and with Torrey, like you said, he great dude. He was a, a teammate for a short time, a grinder. Um, and I, I think they took that mentality. Let's just grind out these at-bats and see what happens. And, and that's what I think has turned against, uh, especially Nola yesterday. They were grinding out at-bats, and then he made a few mistakes, and they jumped on him. So, but that, that lineup top to bottom, they're young, they play the game hard, and they grind out at bats, which I love. Yeah, and that's the thing about them, because I sit there and you look on the other side at the Philadelphia Phillies team, veterans, uh, also some grinders. You got Bryce Harper, who runs uh, that red line all day, every day. I'm like, man, we got to go check his engine, because that dude is running hot all the time. And then you you, you look at the energy that Trey Turner plays with. You look at that outfield and what they are able to bring every single at bat. So for me, and Schwarber at the top of that lineup, who he's feast or famine, that's for sure. But right now he's been feasting. So as you look at this game today and what the exact uh, thought process you might have on how this game might play out tonight. Man, it's, it's, you know, and I, I try to keep things as simple as possible, and, and, and we touched on it a minute ago with pitching. Um, if that's where it's going to start and that's where it's going to finish. Yep. Uh, keeping them runs off the board, missing the middle of the plate, uh, trying to miss barrels, you know, and, and it's game seven. You flip, it's it's all out there, man. It's every man ready, uh, and, and, and it's it's tough to tough to throw because then the emotion comes in and, and the – you, everyone tries to say, hey, you know, you treat it like another game, but it's not another game. Everybody knows in the back of their head, this is it, man. Yep, yep. We slip up, we're out. And and, and that's the battle. We're either going too. to Cancun or we're going to Arlington. <laughs> no, neither is a bad choice, but one's a little more preferable, I'm sure. <laughs> no doubt. But no that, doubt. I guess whoever can, you know, you can control the emotion and, and execute, you know, offensively and defensively. I, I, that's stating the obvious, I know, but that's the simplicity of the game. Can I make pitches? Can can I stay with my game plan plan at the plate? You yeah. know, stay within my strength and, and battle my rear end off on, on tough pitches and wait for him to make a mistake and don't miss. And don't miss. And don't miss. So it's it's game that's why game sevens are, are the, the emotion, the energy and and the uh uncertainty. You know, yeah. who who who's gonna answer the bell and who's not. And that that's the other thing too, is you can answer the bell. You could have four great at bats and go over four. Yeah. As a starting pitcher, you can make great pitches and hitters could find holes and you're down two nothing in the first yep. without well with nothing being hit hard. And and that's the other factors, you know, people say who's gonna show up? Well, you can show up and still not have the stats that 
Everybody should be there. Yeah, there. exactly. You can square four balls up in a gap and they can get run down. You know, yep. you can fractions of an inch miss a home run or a ball run down in a gap too. So that's the part of it uh, that's so beautiful about the game is, is is you could do your job and it still could be a, a, a subpar day statistically. Yeah. The Phillies are going to run out Ranger uh, Suarez, big lefty. He's going to be on been the throwing well. He's been throwing well. And, and uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to throw out Fadat, who pitched well the other day. And, and this is a big, big opportunity for both of these teams. The Phillies have been to the World Series. Obviously, the Diamondbacks won the World Series in 2001. My man Greg Swindell was on that squad. And they came back to be in a game seven to beat the New York Yankees. Gary, tell everybody where they can find you and what you got going on, bro. Uh, man, I'm, you know, you mentioned the, the, the kids. I got uh, two sons and a daughter chasing them around, uh, trying like hell to stay out of trouble with my wife. And that that's a full-time job. That's not her fault. It's my fault. I mean, that's on right. me. So right. that's a full-time gig. Um, and I'm involved with a baseball program up here, just north of Chicago, have been since 2008 uh and you see i'm i'm you know you mentioned swindell texas i got my win reality austin company i got my salt lick hat on i got all my texas gear on had to first time (laughs) hanging with harge i had to represent as always (laughs) that's my dog right there there he is former major leaguer 13 seasons in the mlb but most importantly he's one of the coolest dudes i know man my man i'll be in touch bro I appreciate it, Hardy. Always a pleasure talking to you, my man. Always, man. Appreciate talk, you. Talk to you. All right. That's my man, Gary Bennett. That's right. He's always doing his thing. He's, he's got some bad bad baseball players, boy. That's what happens when you become a, uh, a, a an instructor, a coach, but most importantly, a dad. And that's how that thing happens. Um, I want to get into some more of our sponsors, as always. My man, Gary Bennett, bringing the noise. And like I said, he played for the Phillies. He was there just recently, so he knows what that energy is going to be all about. I want to talk about my good friends over at Four Roofs TX. That's right. FourRoofsTX.com is where you need to go for all your roofing needs. Um, Texas has always got some crazy weather. It was raining again this morning. You never know. But the one thing you don't want to have happen is find out that you have a leak. Why not give my friends over at Four Roofs a chance to come by and take care of you? It's a locally owned company that understands the needs. It's over 15, it has over 15 years of experience, affordable pricing, and a quick response time. They are thorough and very trustworthy. Excuse me. I use them for my home. My neighbors have as well, and you should too. I know these folks personally, and I promise you, you won't be disappointed. They have a project manager on every job site, making sure that you, the customer, get everything that you were promised and everything goes smoothly. Reach out today at 512-520-5884. That's 512-520-5884, or go to the number 4RoofsTX.com. I also want to talk about the folks over at the Great Blue Heron Furniture Company. That's right. It's a custom leather furniture company that was started in 1991. And they focus on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. And let me tell you, folks, this stuff is just beautiful. It has the highest quality furniture that you would ever find. You cannot and you will not find a more stylish, more comfortable, and more well-built furniture out there anywhere. There's a link on the video in a video tube, uh, excuse me, video on YouTube description that will take you straight to our Texas Sports Unfiltered connection collection. 
And if you use the promo code HOOKEM, you'll get 15% off of your purchase. If you're looking for a furniture that looks amazing and it's built to last for decades, and we do mean decades, look no further than Great Blue Heron Furniture. I'll click on the link for more info, or you can call them at 866-247-9686. That's 866-247-9688. What up, Roof? All right, let's get into this. I got one more that I want to talk about, but I need to talk about this Texas football team. Um, the Texas football team, the news came out yesterday that they will be um, going with Malik and possibly, and possibly um, um, Arch Manning. Everybody's been talking about this Arch Manning deal. And I keep telling you guys, look, I don't, I'm not going to believe that. I'm not believing that. I understand that they're going to continue to bring that up. I get that. I truly, truly get that. But if we get to Arch Manning, that means that something else has gone wrong. I, I don't doubt that Arch is going to be ready to play. I don't doubt that Arch is in a position that he wants to go out there and, and, and kind of push to help this team win. That's just competitive nature. That's what you want to do. But I know that Malik has been groomed for this moment. He's been waiting for this moment. And I'm not making it about Arch or Malik. I'm just saying that Malik has put in the time and the effort and he's ready to take this moment. But the question was asked on Monday about Sark, uh, about Quinn, and about all the other players when Sark came out on his Monday um, injury report. You know, from an injury standpoint, you know, Quinn uh, and Ethan Burke will both be week to week uh, at this point. You know, you never, we never really know exactly how bodies respond um, to injury. Um, and so we're just going to have to monitor these guys on a weekly basis. Uh, obviously, we're going to do everything in our power to get both those guys back um, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And obviously, Catalan's kind of in that same, in that same breath. Okay? So those are the three guys there. Everybody else is, uh, has been really good. Yeah, and that's good. Because I definitely didn't realize that Jake uh, Majors was going to be able to come back and be able to play in that game and what that meant for this offense. I mean, you see Texas went out and got busy early, and that was huge. And that was something that was needed. But when you continue to look at it and you see exactly what's going to happen at that point, you're like, oh, okay, okay, we're back in there. But these guys coming back sooner than later is very, very important. So the question was also asked, on who's going to start at quarterback versus BYU. If, if you've been paying attention to this, and I don't know if they've been trying to preserve the red shirt for Arch, and if so, that's fine. But every time that Quinn comes out of the game, the person that comes into the game is Malik. So why would, at any point in this, would we think different? I don't. I'm looking at this and I'm saying Sark is going to have maybe as as Tanisha was saying, maybe she thinks that he is he is uh, throwing BYU off. At this point, BYU knows who you are. This ain't a trick. This is what it is. We know that your quarterback is hurt. You said he's been week to week. Okay, he's out. Now you got another quarterback in there, Malik Murphy, who's been here at this program for a while that understands your offense. Hell, we might as well talk about Charles Wright because Charles Wright got the most experience out of everybody when it comes to knowing this offense. So for me, what up, Sal? 
for me, it's like, why are we trying to trick people, man? They're bringing out different defenses to you every single week. Every single week, you're facing a defense that wasn't on film. So why are we trying to trick people at this point? They tricking you. So to me, I still believe that this is Malik's job, but the question was asked, who's going to start at quarterback? We'll go through the week, and, and Arch and uh, Malik will both get a ton of reps. Uh, I, if the game was being played today, Malik would start the game. Um, and, and again, Arch will be ready to go. And like I said before, I've had a ton of confidence in Arch. You know, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he had a fantastic practice. Um, and so I'm really encouraged by that. You know, I think Coach Milwee's done a great job with, with both those guys. Um, and so we're fortunate, you know, and not, not every school uh, is as fortunate as we are to, to have the quarterback room that we have and the connectivity that that room has. Um, I think a lot can be said for Quinn and his leadership in that room. I think a lot can be said for, for Charles Wright and his experience and knowledge base of our scheme and the dialogue that those guys have in that room. I think they're always trying to lift each other up and, and help one another. So uh, hopefully we can, we can reap the benefits of that uh, this week. I believe so. I believe so. But again, these are guys that have been waiting for their opportunity. You've been waiting for their call from the bullpen, so to speak. Um, The one thing that I talked about yesterday and I'm going to continue to talk about is don't try to limit the playbook. I mean, you, you understand you've seen and you've watched. This is a guy that you have pretty much groomed yourself. You have been grooming the, 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 quarterback in Malik uh, Murphy because he has been in this position. He came out, he had the red shirt, he was hurt. He continued to work, worked on his mechanics. You have been making him in a lab. This is the prototype. This is a guy with an electric arm. Do I think he's like J.R. Richard on the mound throwing 100 miles an hour? Hell yeah, I've seen that. But now he's getting the majority of the reps, if not all the reps. I don't believe that you should be wasting reps, especially to get a guy ready to play. And I believe that this guy is going to come out and play. Now, look, I'm not questioning Sark. I mean, like I told you before, he's going to be able to do what he wants to do because it's his ball club and he sees these guys every single day. We're not uh, privy to the practices. I wish one day we would where we can have a better understanding of why he believes certain things and then we can have our own formulation of thoughts to where it is. But since we're not, I'm going on what I see from what I'm able to see. And I believe that Malik is going to be just fine. Let me give you one more question about it. Cause he was asked about what does Malik do well? And I, you see the cannon. So I don't think there's a problem with his arm. Well, he's a definitely Malik's a natural passer. When you, when you, when he throws the ball, it throws a very beautiful, beautiful ball. Um, and I think there's not a throw that, that he can't make. Um, you know, I think he's got really good leadership qualities. Uh, I think the guys, you know, like playing with Malik, and, and that's a positive as a quarterback. You know, uh, inevitably, you know, as a quarterback, you're only as good as the guys around you, and and those guys, when guys play good around you, that makes your job a lot easier. And I think that that's extremely helpful. And I think the third piece is his understanding of what we're doing. He's got a great feel for the game. Uh, he's got a good feel for passing the ball. He can make all the throws, but I think he understands what we do and why we do, um, and that, that's, a, that's another added bonus. Ding, ding. He has a good feel. 
He understands what we do, why we do, and how we do. So what are we talking about? Does 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 Arch get, need an opportunity to get in the game and play? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I hope he does. But I hope it's in the cleanup, mop-up duty. Texas has the game in hand, kind of like what I was talking about before, where I thought that Malik should have had those exact same deals. I think he should have been able to have that conversation or get some of those reps because those reps are important. I've said it from, from the very jump. A backup quarterback is the most popular person on the field, on the team, because everybody wants to see what he has. And if you go out there and uh, go and check him out and let him get out there and play, let's see what happens. Because he's definitely talented enough. And so is Arch. There's no doubt about it. There's no question about the player, what the thought processes are, and how they're going to go about it. So there's that's the big challenge of the week. Texas is going to have their uh, – Week, you know, get their week to prepare and be ready to face uh, a BYU team that we've all talked about how old they are. They went and destroyed um, the team, uh, Texas Tech, that everything runs through Lubbock. Obviously, it's not running through Lubbock. We'll figure it out. But the one thing that everybody knows is this BYU team runs a ton of crossing routes. And if they don't run crossing routes and they don't run the 3-3-5, they're missing out on preparing for this team that goes to coaching. I've talked about it. What is the sign of a well-coached team week to week improvement, but also being able to implement something that is out of your character and making it your own. You have to do it. So the, qu the question was asked by to Sark yesterday about U university of Houston's crossing routes, but you also know that BYU is watching the same field. The crossing routes, you know, I think in twofold hurt us, Anytime you call crossers and you're in man coverage, it's difficult when they're picking the guy that's, that's guarding the man that's catching the ball. Um, and to their credit, they did a heck of a job picking us. You know, they didn't get called for it, so you can't complain that, that, it, that that's what was happening. Um, but it's, it's pretty obvious that, if, you know, when picks occur, and we got picked a couple times, and it created, that created a problem. We had one where it was poor communication. Um, we didn't cover it properly. And one, we were in zone. And when you're in zone, that's when you really got to be able to shut those crossers down and match those routes. So I think there was th levels to it. Um, but, but inevitably, we're going to have to play it better because we're going to see a ton of crossers this week. That's one of the staples of, of what BYU does. So we're going to have to play it better. You're going to definitely have to play it better. We'll get into more of that conversation and talk a little bit more about what we see on film and what the expectations are going against a team like the uh, BYU Cougars. <laughs> but the biggest news of the day, first off, NBA basketball starts tonight. The Spurs play tomorrow night. I'm going to have Carolina Teague on again on tomorrow to preview the, the opening night for Wimby. That's right. Wimby makes his debut tomorrow. Uh, the Lakers play tonight it's going to be busy night golden state playing tonight uh, kevin durant and phoenix plays tonight it's going to be a lot of basketball but of course we're going to be talking game seven as the arizona diamondbacks and the philadelphia phillies playing their first game seven in the history of their organization 141 years of baseball and now they are playing their first Game seven. The most important words in sports, game seven. People get excited about it, whether they believe in their team or another team or just want to be together. 
as I said yesterday, it brings casual fans in with regular fans. It gives those passionate ones with ones that are passerbyers. It is going to be a blast. I want to thank my man Gary Bennett, former Major League catcher, 13 years in the game, that had a chance to sit down with us and break down what he saw, Dusty Baker, Bruce Bochy, former player of Bruce Bochy, and what he meant to the team and the Texas Rangers. But I want to give a shout-out to PestWranglers.com is where you need to go for your pest control needs. Pest Wranglers is a locally-owned small family business that's been around since 2006, and its basic principle of great customer service leads to happy customers. Pest Wranglers won't make you sign a contract because they believe if they keep their customers happy, they ain't going nowhere. They got five-star ratings on Google, Yelp, Rangie's List, and all referral sites. Pest Wrangler services most of the Central Texas area. And if you're in need with help with mosquitoes, termites, rodents, or you need an inspection for your residential or commercial properties, please give Pest Wranglers a call at 512-670-7808 or go to the website at pestwranglers.com. Before I let you go, I want to give a shout out to the Texas Rangers. I've been saying it for a while, and those that are just getting here, I'm going to play it for you again. I've been saying it the entire time. In order to become the king, you got to defeat the king. And when T'Challa and Killmonger got to battle for Wakanda, Killmonger came back with a mission, and that's what he was asking. Is this your king? Huh? And they knocked them out. And they knocked them out. That's what it's all about right there. Congrats to the Texas Rangers. Congrats to all those Rangers fans that have been suffering for all those years. And congrats to those Houston Astro fans. I mean, you've been representing the AL for so long. You're letting somebody else have an opportunity. That's very nice of you. That is very, very nice of you. Last night, we got the MVP, Adolis Garcia, putting up stupid numbers and continue to celebrate. And he, he <clears throat> excuse me, he gave shout out to his teammates, what they mean to him. And I thought that was cool. But the biggest story was the conversation that he had in the dugout. There, and, and I'm going to read it to you, quote, there was a moment in the first game after his second at-bat the bench coach, Donnie Ecker, said of Garcia, I walked up to him and said, the only player I've ever seen get booed like this on the road is Michael Jordan. Like, dude, how lucky are you? It brought out the best in him, and he's such a special person, and I can't even quantify how it is. The numbers that he put up, the way that he went about it, and I said the party changed after that fourth strikeout, and he got a fastball that he could hammer. And he hit it out of the park. And I knew right then and there, because I've been around guys that have been going through a, a moment. And once they get that moment back, you can't take it from them. Man, that's some good stuff. I got a quote that I want to read to you. And it's not, you know, I'm going to normally give you my regular quote. Don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar. But I thought this one was pretty cool. It's by Oscar Wilde. Be yourself, because everybody else is taken. 